Is it for real? We used to love it, then we watch it, now we don't know if we like it. Is it for real? You are listening to Is, Is it, it for, for real? real? I think we're getting better at that, Yeah, guys. I do too. We just stretch it out long enough. Yeah, <laughs> like a string cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this is Philip. And Katie. And Bridget. And tonight we are going to be talking about the wonderful movie. Um, some kind, some of, wonderful. kind, some of, kind wonderful. of wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't say it's a wonderful, you what know. What kind of wonderful? Some, some, kind, some of kind of wonderful. one, you know. It just gets you wonder, I it guess. It does get uh, you to wonder, but I don't know what some kind is. It's just I was a shrug about, of the shoulders. I was wondering about the title, too. I think you get into it later. Uh, I, was, mm-hmm. I was fully expecting someone to say it. Yes, time. nobody said it. I was waiting for that the whole time. No one looked at the camera and said it. (laughs) Like Prince of Thieves. This this is definitely some kind of wonderful (laughs) wink. Uh, I kind of thought they would say it at the end, but go ahead, sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, this was a movie that was recommended to us. um, And so we are going to have a little recap and explanation of why Jessica H., who was the person who recommended it, why she did that. And then a little 30 second synopsis. She's got big shoes to fill after my amazing synopsis from from last week. So let's see if she can do it. Yeah. All right. Take it away, Jessica. So I recommended some kind of wonderful. And um, here's why. This movie for me was a game changer. Um, it was, it came out in 87. So I was 13 and I saw it, uh, in the movie theater in Annapolis in a town, uh, where, um, Annapolis, especially at the time was very, very, um, overall, mostly wealthy, very white and segregated. We didn't have money, but I went to a private school where there was a lot of money. There was like a small punk scene in Annapolis, which is hilarious to think about, like being now in, in, in retrospect, like down by all the yachts in our like little, you know, Doc Martens and fishnets. <laughs> anyway, and so this movie comes out and I, I just feel like it spoke to me. It was about, um, as best as I can remember, um, Eric Stoltz and Mary Stuart Masterson were best friends who were from um, more kind of, I can't remember if they, they were impoverished. And I remember very clearly so identifying with her character, Watts. Watts um, played the drums. She was a badass. I loved her hair. Eric Stoltz and Mary Stuart Masterson, best friends. Eric Stoltz was... Uh, in love from afar with Leah Thompson, who was with the biggest dick, Craig Sheffer, whose name I don't remember. It wasn't Blaine, but it was, might as well have been Blaine. Eric Stoltz asks Leah Thompson out on a date, and somehow she agrees. I think it's because she got into a fight with the Craig Sheffer character, and it was like to get back at him. And then the movie turns like weird. <laughs> like nonsensical in many ways because Aristotle's father had been, uh, was working class. And I remember had been saving a lot of money or like Eric Stoltz had been saving a lot of money for college because no one had gone to college and that was a big deal, which like that makes a lot of sense. And 
Eric Stoltz, first off, he, he like Watts becomes his chauffeur for the date and they procure this like fancy car and Watts gets like really dressed up for it in this like super punk badass way, but still dressed up and he gets dressed up. He's wearing a blazer, even though they're going to end up at a party. And then, um, he takes his college savings out. I think it was like $10,000. Eric Stoltz and Watts had like a crew of other punkers, but like there had been some infighting, but then they had solidarity. So they were all like a punk crew. Although Eric Stoltz wasn't supposed to be punk. I guess he was supposed to be artsy. And they go out on this date. It's elaborate. You've got the earrings. He like sets up some sort of thing at a museum and it's, he's painted a picture of her. It seems like real creepy, but it doesn't, it doesn't read as creepy. Um, they end up at the party. Oh, and the party's hosted by the terrible ex-boyfriend. For whatever reason, after all of that, Eric Stoltz's character is like, oh, wait, I love Watts. It was like a movie that allowed me to like feel like, oh, I might have that kind of love one day. Like, because it just seemed like such a passionate love at the end, finally, like between Watts and Keith. Like, I really thought that they were, that they went on to marry and live forever and have like a bunch of countercultural kids. The soundtrack was okay, but thank you for giving mm, yourselves the opportunity to watch this amazing slight train wreck of a countercultural tongue. Oh. And wow. <laughs> wow. Jessica Hankin. Oh, sorry, Jessica H. I forgot. Yeah. We're, giving people We're anonymous. We're anonymous. She's, here. She, you know what? She's never at a loss for words. It's true. Insightful. Uh, I'm just going to, I need to write what I wrote at the top of my paper. And it, it's going to contradict what Jessica just said, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, which is. <laughs> Shouldn't you already be sure? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it does. I wrote, this movie is lukewarm water. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> should we, so before, so should we go over our levels? Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. No, let's you're fine. It. Let's do our levels. Do our levels. Uh, All right. 80, I'll go first. Um, oh, yeah. Bridget. My level is. Who is who? I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't remember at the beginning which person was named Mary Stuart Masterson and which person was named Leah Thompson. Oh, interesting. Um, I've also never heard of this movie. I've never okay. seen this movie. Um, I've seen the cover of it a few times because we've talked about it. Um, but I, I was getting confused between who was who. Um, and so that's going to be my rating. I will give myself a rating of... Uh... Only a precious few can say the same about Amanda Jones because I knew I've in upon watching this movie, I realized that I think I have seen it in its entirety at some point. Um, I was familiar with the plot, but I was very familiar with a couple of scenes where I know I've seen them. Um, so I like, I kind of knew what to expect, but I, I have no idea when I saw this movie and it definitely is not. For My level is going to be a Howard the Duck level because mm-hmm. I'm very familiar with that movie and Leah Thompson was in that right before oh, this. Right. And yeah, I, I'm not sure I ever knew that this movie existed. And I know like Eric Stoltz was failed Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Masterson is Fried Green Tomatoes in my yep. brain. And oh, so yeah. I know these people from other things, but I've just never knew about this movie. So I'm coming in fresh. Yeah. Yeah. And, to, and I don't know if Bridget knows that trivia, but yeah, Eric Soltz was cast as Marty McFly 
in Back to the Future. And they they kind of, Films. it's funny because, well, they filmed some and they had to like replace yeah. him with Michael J. Fox. And then in watching this movie, I thought, how awkward because it's like the second movie he stars in with uh, Leah Thompson. It's like, that must have been really kind of a bummer because they were going to be in it together. But what I read was, I'm sure Phil, you read the same thing, is like, Basically, I think Eric Stoltz wasn't playing the character for And what I imagine is he was basically playing the same character. And they're like, eh, yeah. this, isn't, this isn't a coming of age film. <laughs> like you gotta, he, you gotta ham it he, up. He, he just doesn't have great comic timing. I mean, he was funny in uh, Pulp Fiction. But, oh, man. Uh, yeah, my no. favorite, I think, of his works is Annika. Which... I don't even know oh. who the person is. How am Eric I Eric Stoltz? Yeah. What? How do you know who he is? Anaconda. But <laughs> yeah. I love. He's uh. asleep for most of the movie. But I think I think this I movie is how he became a household name because it was one of like the John, at least as a writer. Like it, it definitely was a popular movie. I have a and lot of I questions think... for John Hughes about why he wrote this movie. <laughs> Just, yeah. It's it's full of tropes and it's kind of Yeah. But we should get into it because part of me is like, I think it has its charms. And it established, I think it established some tropes too. Like Mm. it's, it's 87, right? So I have a lot of those questions throughout being like, is this the first time? Yeah. Is this the first time? Or is like, is this actually reflective of reality or we just Mm. told that? That's a good question. I'll I'll ask them. But yeah. All right. So yeah, we, we open into this movie. We have a little montage uh, to meet our characters. And I had a note basically that says, I'm a drummer. I'm a mechanic. I make out. That's yeah. what I, I wrote. Through- <laughs> In yeah. so many words. I wrote drumming, yeah. make out, oil change. I, I just have- kept yeah building. putting that in there and just they weren't like layering other qualities of these people it was just more <laughs> drumming drumming make out scene another make out scene and then just other parts yeah. of the car transmission yeah they also like situate it almost in pittsburgh but it's obviously it's in la but california yeah i know but then with all of the it's just like very industrial like it does look track. rust belt and then I have like this note train, like Eric Stoltz walks fully towards a honking train on tracks, which like I wrote, like either he really is past the point of needing help or he's a asshole. Because like, yeah. can you imagine? Like he should do that. He establishes himself in that scene as the total villain jerk boy. And then his character has nothing to do with that yeah, behavior that the rest of the didn't time. didn't need to be in there at all. It didn't it make any so sort weird. of sense. That's yeah. not his, he's not cavalier. It's not, it doesn't line up with his character at all. It's not weird. at all. And well, I was saying at least that train was going really slow. I mean, it still couldn't have stopped in time, yeah. but it wasn't yeah. like an Amtrak, you know, it, yeah. it still was just like made no sense to me whatsoever. I guess it's to show like he's, it's like visual imagery that he's from the wrong side of the tracks. Like they live in oh. that like other neighborhood, his hands are dirty. And there's like all those references to like his hands being dirty. I know. Their, a very working their house was really nice, right? I didn't get that at all. Yeah, yeah the, it was. Daughter's apologizing for it, and it's like this is a really large house in LA. Like, I'm sure you guys. I wonder if they live near where the the Don't Tell Mom the Babysitters Dead people live out in the farms <laughs> in LA, yeah. Baton Rouge, <laughs> yeah. California. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't. I'm already going to give away my uh, my Hummer, which is 100% DJ Tanner in this movie. <laughs> Um, you have a camera, ca- some, Candace Cameron exclamation Some people point. may or may not know that I love Full House. Um, I, I one time that. 
competed in a trivia show uh, on my knowledge of Full House. I love Full House. And DJ Tanner is a shining light of joy in this movie. Um, she's funny. She's precocious. She, she takes the trope of the little sibling character and makes her delightful. She's no Richie from Teen Witch, but she's... Oh, yeah. The exact opposite. The exact yeah. opposite. Yeah, at Nora L., my couchmate, uh, turned to me like after her first line and like, I have my favorite character in this piece. <laughs> yeah. Nora L's a smart I, one. I like her too. I, there are a couple of lines that were very much like shoved in her mouth. Like I think when she says like circulation, circulatory system or something, I'm like, oh, pick a pick. She a... probably said it phonetically. Oh my god, yeah, totally. Um, and so, but I get the joke. I mean, I get the bit that this little kid is, you know, wise beyond her years. I liked both the sisters, to be honest. Like I thought they both were, were yeah. that middle sister. I was like the middle on sister. The other one. No. Yeah. No, I liked I liked her. I thought I like I thought she had good time. There were a few things in this house that oh. had nice nostalgia. Like there, they had a magazine rack in their living room, which I really liked. Like that people would like display their magazines for the month, like on a rack in yeah. your living room in case you had visitors or. Yes. And then the the garbage pail kids. Oh my god, the garbage yeah. pail kids was a great callback. I think I had two. Back I in also the day. I feel like the family had a very like freaks and geeks vibe too, where like the parents were decent people. Like you knew that they were once cool as kids, and now they're married, and now they're raising. Like they weren't jerks. They weren't. I don't know. I like that. Had a, a jerk moment, but he when was. <laughs> he was. He, he kind of went from like real mellow and like taking CBD oil to like raging. I, I, yeah, but I did like the dad until that scene. I was like, That's Whoa, how dad. he is. He's he's from Beverly Hills Cop, and I was like, oh, ah. Okay. And he he has a sort of a good role in that where he's sort of like very gruff but likable gruff. So it okay. just sort of fit in this. All dads from the '80s are likable gruff. They have to. They work so hard. They're tired. And the Baton Rouge, <laughs> Baton Rouge. Well, speaking LA. of so, the '80s and the dad, my I think that's like the next scene. Like, what is the '80s trope where kids? don't want to go to college like no one wants to go to college and you just have to like force them to go especially this high school seems so like high achieving I just like don't really was that real or is that like a fake thing I think it's kind of like a baby boomer kid you know Mm -hmm. like generation x right like where it wasn't it was college like not so compulsory yeah it was like there's other things i want to do i'm gonna be an artist like every (laughs) 80s teenage boy apparently right (laughs) but also yeah that and like also like christina applegate and don't tell mom the babysitter's dead or elizabeth shoe and adventure babysitter and adventure babysitting like they're all kind of like i'm not going to college like i don't know yeah I think it. I think I it's mean, a direct reaction to that, though the sort of the baby boomer, the like the generation that like works so hard and to get their kids to I don't know get their kids. And to then college. they're like rebelling against it. Yeah, the eighties are about but the rebellion. He'd already made it. He had an ionic column in his bedroom. That's pretty. I know that his bedroom was very fancy for being poor. I was so confused. I don't think they are poor, right? Right. But they kept alluding to the fact that he and Amanda came from the wrong neighborhood. They came from- I think I think it's just that the other folks are very, very rich. Like the okay. jerk kids driving a Corvette, uh, the uh, like friends, Shia yeah. or Shayna, if we're talking about like trips to yeah. skiing or the, you know. So I think it's just Use relatively the they're 
core, but they're, they're like probably class. easily middle east middle class. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um well pretty pretty soon into this movie we get our first uh F bomb, not and not and not the swear word F. Oh, but the, oh no. but yeah. yeah. Uh, my my note is that uh, they sure couldn't make a nuanced bad guy in the eighties. <laughs> Although actually, this wasn't the bad guy. This was actually yeah the guy that turns out favorite characters. Oh yeah, totally, absolutely. Elias, um, what is his name? Elias uh, Kotias, I think. He's always a yeah. lunatic. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So here's He's such my question. Like SUV character. Go ahead. Sorry. He is. SVU. SVU, sorry. There's there are things that we learn about him that make him quite redeemable, but do you think he's just he's un, uneducated on the topic or he just thinks all women with short hair must be lesbians and therefore he has to call them something derogatory? I don't know. But I'm going to say something I will out myself a little bit like before he had that scene, I wrote down the note like if I have to watch one more movie where I have to pretend that Mary Stuart Masterson is not playing a lesbian, I'm going to lose it. Because like, <laughs> this and fried green tomatoes is like, what is happening? Like they, she just like totally reads as gay the whole time. And I guess then this movie kind of takes that and like, that's the theme is like, she's a tomboy and don't make ex- like assumptions and she's complex. Right. And, and I was thinking to myself, like, is that like actually the truest, most brave choice? Or is that because you don't know how to write a movie with a lesbian in it? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, and I actually don't know which one is true. What makes her, is it just her hair? Cause like Jeff and I were talking that like Leah Thompson could have been the best friend character. Like what? Well, she really could have been because they literally have the same face. Like at some point <laughs> yeah. she like is like, pretend I'm Amanda Jones. I know it's hard. It's like, no, it's not hard. Cause you have the same face. And that's right. why they had to dry, cut your hair short and dye blonde because you're the same person. Many yeah, times right? she was like, oh, she's so beautiful. And they're like, you look exactly the same. The okay, same. Other yeah. than the same face. Uh, Leah Thompson having a worse haircut. Yeah. You guys Definitely. look exactly Definitely. the same. Yeah, it's, it's actually- Mary uncanny. Stewart Masterson was way cooler. Watts. Yeah, Watts. Watts was cool. I mean, I think it was the whole, just the whole aesthetic. And I think like just the general- just the general way she like carries herself is pretty like gender fluid, which I guess shouldn't be shouldn't be confused with like sexuality. Sure, but like I don't know. So pretty early well, on, and this sorry, Philip. I was just say pretty early on in this movie, I wrote all Watts cares about um, is drumming and Keith. And yeah. then, like later, that exact line came out. She said it out loud, and that's I, funny. Yeah, and I feel for I feel like this character just does not past the Bechdel test or, or she's so sad this whole movie yeah like, she's pretty angry she's so angry and sad about this boy but then you also <laughs> kind of get the sense that like she doesn't have much of a family to speak of she's like always eating at home alone right uh, she's always did like she kind ever of bring that up though no but I mean she they say I'm kidding. Oh. No, she brings it up a lot <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they don't, she doesn't go into like what happened. Like there was a right, terrible no, accident no. and no one's followed up with her about it. <laughs> like she's her just father her... died in the chimney. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Or I imagine her to be the kid from time bandits essentially. And this is like what happened. <laughs> like that's what at the end, like Sean Connery just drove off and then she mm-hmm. had to figure oh, it out for herself. Okay. That makes sense. Um, but she does seem like almost, almost orphan in a way. So I don't know. She does kind of have, it seems like she kind of has like a sad storyline too. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, eventually, then we do get introduced to the actual bad guy. I forget oh, what his name is. And Hardy. he is just... Hardy? Uh, Hardy. Yeah, Hardy. He's, Hardy he's Jens. A, 
he's a close second to being the worst, a uh, close second to the protagonist of yeah. 16 Candles. Yeah, so, totally. He's still amazingly Jake better Ryan. than that guy. Yeah. I fully agree. I mean, he is such an ass. And then I kind of have that note too, like anybody that's dating that guy, I have no interest. Like, because no matter what, like even if she gets out of that relationship, she's going to have to do so much work to figure it out. Like, I don't know. I would have such a hard time finding attractive somebody that would like go to a gas station, shit on a gas station attendant randomly who you go to high school with. Like, it's just such a weird. Yeah. And this is this mature guy who's already graduated high school is is actually like 35 or whatever. I know. But don't you think there's like something to that, that like, and Philip, I'm going to put you on the spot as the man on this podcast. I will take it. Yeah. That like, I remember this in high school that like boys would have a crush on a girl who was dating an asshole. And I would always think like, why would you like her if she likes that person? I don't get it. But I always feel like there's this like, I want to save you kind of thing going on or like, you know, I can fix her or she's just, she's just with the wrong person and I'm the right one for her. But like that, like Katie said, that woman already made kind of a terrible decision to be with him in the beginning. Then he's just like abusing her. And then it becomes like an abusive relationship. Right. (laughs) Gaslighting in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, Uh, So yeah, I guess answer for all men. Answer for men. Uh, (laughs) um, The question was, do yeah, why don't we recognize that as a character flaw when people are dating awful? Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I personally didn't have that occur to me in high school. I mean, we had like 50 people in my graduating right. class. It was a small oh, wow. group. Uh, yeah. And yeah, just that scenario didn't happen. I mean, I don't know. I would take it into account. So I think it's... Yeah. Or you think it's like not easy. It's like, wow, they shouldn't be in that relationship because he's an ass. I don't know why you would just discount that for the the girl yeah i, I mean, don't know i totally I'm get like the physical attraction but like yeah eric stoltz you know it's kind of the exact same movie as can't hardly wait if you guys mm-hmm. have seen that movie totally which i'm sure is based on this yeah and this girl's name is amanda yep i was thinking about that a lot and then yeah. and i was like well that amanda the song they used was a mandy by yeah. barry manilow and in this one they used a song called amanda jones they by the rolling stones m- oh for real yeah yeah so the oh, Rolling so Stones movie... wrote that earlier, and then the, and then this other group, the March Violets, sang it again, and then the Rolling Stones sang it. The recording of the Rolling Stones was later on in the movie, this so they actually so sang it twice. So they must have. So I guess they just named that character after the song. I think so. They do. Yeah, I think that's a John Hughes thing. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. So Keith, I, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but Keith pulls the fire alarm so he can go to detention on purpose to be with the Amanda detention Jones, idea. Yeah. Who before. It- Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say who completely is a, a, also a terrible person because she flirts. Right. Oh, her that doesn't. That I forgot about this scene. For real. I, I hated scene. that. Yeah. I, I hated that. Like, they really build her up to be an, an, an entirely unattractive character. I mean, like, this is like, oh. Right? She's with this yeah. douchebag. She's, like, physically flirting with teachers in a real, like, off-putting way. Um, ugh. She's yeah, not flaunting cool. rules at PE, you know, just yeah, showing up late after like a bank a date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I mean, Leah Thompson doesn't play it as like this total like callous, like vapid girl, which is nice, but it almost makes the behavior surprising. She's actually terrible. I do have a note before, I think it's before that when they're at the library. Yeah. um, Where I feel like non-consensual sketching should be illegal. That is nuts. It's when you're creepy. just yeah in the corner full perfect sketches i was just and is that how is that how the bad guy is that how hardy knows that he has eyes for her because i didn't really get the yeah. gas station scene where she's like you like looking at my girls like, i think he's just staring at her maybe that's what it was i mean i don't think i think if you're sketching someone that's fine but if you're like creepily ogling them and, and you're maybe writing i don't know if How do you in, sketch someone without yeah. creepily ogling? Unless you, you have those in, like backwards sunglasses where you can sort of see behind <laughs> you. If you were in a workshop and you went to someone went to lunch early at their table and you walked over to their table and you found a perfect sketch of yourself <laughs> paying attention to the speaker, wouldn't you get the fuck out of there? I, mean, I nope, would be like, nope. I, I would. I would uh, have to well, exit. Well, did you guys watch the TV show You? No, no. I've heard controversy. It's basically about like a unreliable narrator, narrator who's stalker, but sort of creates this sort of love story. And basically that's this movie, except without the serial killing right. at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in detention, we meet like the bad people. I'm using air quotes. <laughs> um, like all the grown-ups who have a graduate. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they've been in detention for 10 years. Yeah, totally. It's like and, the Simpsons version of And pretty quickly, Keith makes best friends with uh, the, the, the awful guy. What the, is his the, name? Elliot. Sure. Well, in, in the credits, he's just listed as skinhead, which is a little... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Wow. But I don't think they meant it. Or Duncan. Like... That's his name. It's Duncan. Yeah. Because that's what the night, that's weird to call someone Duncan and listen to Skinhead, which is kind of like naming the guy Ted and listing him as the geek in 16 yeah. Kids yeah. Yeah. They become news. good friends. They bond over art. Um, I did like, I like that, that scene. Gag. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I like the gag of pulling up the, the, desk, get, up. the desk. Yeah. Um, somebody said something. I wrote it down, a quote that I liked, which was, I don't know if it was the sister or, or, or maybe it was Mary Stuart Masterson. She said something was trying to jerk off the impossible. Oh, I think oh, I it was Mary Stuart Masterson. I remember hearing that, but I think it was her. I think she, that was like in one of her times where she was just like, just complaining a lot about Amanda and how terrible she was. But could it be more obvious that she was like, by the way, I like you. Yeah. And this girl's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it literally could not have been any more obvious. <laughs> no. I mean, she's just pouting the entire movie. And she's not wrong about Amanda Jones either. Like, she is no. terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, go, go ahead, because I'm going to move into a different scene. Well, me too. I just have a note that, like, um, Eric Stoltz and the mother look a lot alike, which is interesting casting. Mm. And I also think that Eric Stoltz kind of looks like the Miss Piggy Muppet. His nose? I think it's the eyes. I, I think it's very, like, kind of droopy, weepy eyes. Like, I get him as an it guy sometimes. It's, like, depending. But, like, he he has just kind of dreamy eyes, like Miss Piggy. Okay. I'd like to see a side-by-side okay, of his I'll, eyes I'll provide, with Miss Piggy's okay, eyes. You, you work on it. But yeah, my thing I was going to move into, I guess it's the locker room scene where oh, yeah. they're having another breakup thing and, and Douchey McDouchey follows her in oh. there. But I just, and this one's for you, Bridget. 
Yeah. I'm now disappointed anytime there is a girls' yep. locker room scene that doesn't break out into song. 100%. Yeah. You've ruined, with Teen Witch, you've ruined me. Um, I was expecting it. I wanted We Like Boys, too. Yeah. I wanted a reprise. Yeah. Is this the scene where where Watts is, like, in boxers oh, yeah. and all oh, the other girls yeah. are in I tiny was... underwear? Is that it's the same scene? It was. I was mixing up. I think it's two different scenes, but oh. I was mixing up which one it was. But yeah, this is the first locker room scene where it's, yeah, you're wearing boys' underwear. I don't remember. I mean, I, I did have gym in high school in ninth grade. I just don't ever remember, like, women in high school, like, talking about each other's underwear that much. But what do I know? Or just, like, mm. the way this the way it's filmed, it's just that very sort of, like, ogly like sexual like teenage so I, that's the vibe i get and that's like the same thing from 16 candles like when these women are in a locker room it's always like they're just so free and naked it's like they're about to have a pillow fight and i that's just not my experience anytime i've been in a locker room i mean <laughs> i here here'll be a, a funny story a revealing story but it was in middle school I had just switched from tidy whities to boxer shorts. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, I became a man. That's how you become a man. We were wearing Tweety Bird the, nightgowns, but the, you were <laughs> right. the, the second part of the story will make me less of a man. Uh, but I was worried about the fly going open and then, you know, my, my junk falling out. And so I put scotch tape on the fly of my boxer shorts. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how long I did that. It was did you like, like a make a before. loop to like hold it no, together? No, just like one. Oh, you just like taped it across. The outs, yeah, which I'm sure didn't hold it up. You know, I, I didn't understand boxer shorts, okay? It was just. Oh, that's funny. How long did the tape last? Uh, I, I think I only did it like a few times and then Was realized. it about gym? Were you worried it, it during gym time? Yeah, it was, uh, it was specifically in gym class. Okay. Um, yeah, but you weren't like just playing basketball in your boxers. No, right? no, this was during was the changing, changing time. I'm oh. just, to c- compare it to Brit- like the idea of like the women ogling <laughs> everyone else, I was not. I was just like, oh, I've got to lock this stuff down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in my high school, which was a very nice high school, like one of the best in Maryland, I would say, in terms mm-hmm. of like their the showers didn't work and like nobody was allowed to shower. We didn't really, that really wasn't a thing for us either in, in middle school or high school. I think the showers maybe did work, but it just like, you didn't, the amount of time that would take, you know what I mean? I like, know, and then but like just wet, that wet hair for the rest of the day. Like some people I, had gym first period. Like oh, I just, I, I did and I hated it. Yeah. And um, I, I never, just quick I never side note. After yeah. My, my, that. I have two memories from high school gym. I want to share one is catching a wiffle ball and trying to tag out one of my classmates and hitting him in the junk, like okay. directly. And I was first Drunk. base. Anyway, that's one. And then the other one was this girl in my gym class who I remember it was a rainy day. And we were all sitting inside and she was telling us the story about how her ferret died and she put it in the freezer and she, she was keeping it there for as long as she possibly could because she was so sad that it died. And I was oh. like, what? Like, so that's <laughs> what I remember about high school gym. That's it. That's it. And not, and not, Ch- ch- ogling people while I was changing, but but again, what do I know? 
I will say John Hughes movies would imply that like the majority of high school happens in locker rooms and yes. it's, just, it's kind of a blip. Like you're kind of just getting in and out of there. Totally. In my experience. They don't want you to dilly dally or dilly dilly dilly. Here's the thing though. I think that might be different in the Midwest because the Midwest often has like pools, like indoor pools as That's part true. of like their gym class and stuff. So I get the sense that they spend a lot more time like showering. And a lot of whole, it's a whole thing. On, why don't schools on the East Coast have pools? I don't understand. I think so nice. um, this expensive. could become a, a, a pool cast, <laughs> but I think it's expensive. And like in, in California, like I think on the West Coast, especially like Southern California or like Arizona, they can have outdoor pools year round. Right. Florida can have outdoor pools year round. Midwest can have indoor pools kind of like you need an indoor pool year yeah. round. East Coast is kind of like, hmm. uh, it's not cold you can enough do out- or warm outdoor enough. Things, yeah. yeah but what about the pool of... that's on the roof of the school that they told me about my freshman year? Yeah. I never found it. <laughs> and I kept looking, you guys. Uh, <sighs> um, back to some kind of wonderful. All right. So Watts tries to make uh, Keith jealous with Ray. What a charming fellow that guy is, that poor guy, <laughs> who really likes her, it seems. I was hoping they were going to end up together in the end. I actually really enjoyed those two characters' banter because she, yeah. I don't know, she becomes a little more dynamic with him and her timing, both of their comedic timing is pretty good. She's what? not just completely fawning after someone. She's taking a little more control over her life, even though it's for the desired purpose of getting what's-his-face. I recognized him, but then when I Googled his name, he wasn't in anything I'd ever seen before, so I was not sure. I agree. I think he might. we just might know him from, like, the Royal Farms or something. Okay, we, like, saw him? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. He just seems like such a familiar person. that haircut, you know? Yeah, maybe. He he looks really familiar to me, too, though. Uh, we, We met Amanda's BFF, who was a woman that I recognized from a TV show that I liked from the 80s. She's been in everything yep, I looked she up looked too. really familiar and i started looking and just like she's been in too much stuff i can't she's just sort been through everything this. well she's the show in everything the show i was thinking was called herman's head did you oh, ever yeah. see that show yeah she yeah. played like part of his subconscious um she was like the nice <laughs> one or like the angel or something oh yeah you're right i um, recognized her from um she was like a nun on seinfeld for like one episode oh, yeah oh, i recognized right. her for that too i mean she, she like phil said she's just in everything and she definitely always looked too old to play any role. She, like, she was like the same she age. She too old in this. Too yeah. old, right? Oh, but she's clearly old. younger, yeah. but she still looks too old. Right. They're all uh, older. Like, I looked it up, and most of them are like 20, 24, 25. Watts, Mary Stuart Masterson is 20. And she okay. does look younger. She's got she like a real the baby youngest, face. I would say. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, the we... jerk invites Keith and Amanda to a party at his house. Um, what, what, what's that plot line? I'm not totally sure. He's just like, that's the plot line is like, I'm going to get you to my fancy mansion so I can I beat so you up can in my fancy mansion. Up. That's we'll a liability in, issue. In front of everyone. Yeah, it doesn't make this any is, sense. This is a, um, one of the, the questions I have of the tropes is like the date as a joke trope. Yeah. Do we think that like, does that happen as often as television and movies would have us believe like this? It started out, it started out that way. It started out as a dare, but I fell in or like the date, the joke, the date, like pretending to like somebody for months. What's that movie? She's all that. It's or, every movie. It's yeah. she's all that. It's yeah. 10 things I hate about you. It's like, it's true. Um, it, it's yeah, it, it's just prolific. It's um, that movie with uh, Patrick Dempsey, Can't Buy Me Love or. Yeah, Can't Buy Me Love. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Stockholm yeah. Syndrome. 
or averse. But growing up, syndrome? I just I expected know. expected that that would happen to me at some point because it was like apparently this is a rite of passage. Joke, ask you out, kind of. I think there's like an element of that kind of teasing that probably still happens, but I don't know, like about like going out. But maybe today know. kids do it like on social media. Probably, yeah. Oh, not sure. I, I do want to point out that it, uh, Leah Thompson's best friend or bad friend drives a Suz- little Suzuki Tracker. Yeah. And I fucking, I love those cars. Like yeah, anytime, too. Oh, yeah, like I've totally. had like a trip. I think, did we have one down in like Costa Rica? No, I, anyways, like traveling around and just like cr- crazy countries. Yeah. You'll just be driving around in these, the shittiest four wheel drive. So unsafe. So unsafe. Uh, I love them. I love them. My friend had one of those in high school and like the walls and everything are made of plastic, but like, but more unsafe than a Jeep. And uh, she had, we, they had a bar in her car that we called like the oh shit bar so that we could huh. hold it. Cause we were always like worried we were going to fall out. Um, so, but yeah, but the, to the plan of like getting into the house, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so then we go to oh, the club. This was, I just had that. This is the most contrived, scene in the world it it had to be filmed after the fact it had to be right wait wait oh with the woman singing well they're right they're at they're at the club and and keith and and watts are there and she's like do you miss me keith and i'm like when did they stop hanging out like i I literally because they did like a close-up on that woman's face the singer right yeah, I think so. I thought I changed the channel accidentally. I was like, did the movie stop? What's <laughs> happening? Like, I just, it, it was really abrupt and weird. And, like, how were, like, they, like, 17 and hanging out at, like, a club? I don't get it. Well, they explained I, it because they have IDs. Like, oh, everyone's right. got an ID. But just, I don't know. The, the thing was, like, he's like, oh, I'm waiting for Leah Thompson. And she's like, is she coming? Like, Maybe. Oh, I guess she's not. So you just chose to go to this club that, uh, you know, yeah. uh, Watts went to as well. And oh, it made no was sense. Was that supposed to just... be their first date? Was them meeting at this club? That's no. clearly. No, no. <laughs> he was so... going to just surprise meet her at a place that she would yeah. never go to. That makes no, no sense. sense. I feel like there are some plot holes in this movie, but like the one big one, and that's what you're, I think you're hitting it, Bridget, is like, is the plan that he'll trick him, convince him to come to his house, we can like beat him up in front of the whole school or something, which is totally cool. But then like, so the little sister, or the middle sister, overhears the plan that they're going to nail him. Right. And then, and then it seems like Eric Stoltz then believes that everyone's in on it. That Amanda Jones is also dating you know, him. The sister that you like, Katie, <laughs> boggles this story up. And she's actually the yeah. one that is like, the girl you're dating is trying yes. to set you up, even though yeah. Douchey McDouchey well, never mentioned it. Totally. Once. So the sister, yeah, he just says, let's nail him. And then she leaves. I would have like listened to more of the plan. But like, so the sister gets it wrong. But she right. tells Eric Stoltz that. So then I just don't know if Eric Stoltz then believes that Amanda Jones is is just dating him to bring him like a sacrificial lamb to this party. Like, does he think that? I, think I don't know, because so. then he spends his whole life right. savings on a pair of earrings. And then he keeps on convincing everybody that he has a perfect plan. Worry about it. And then like, what is it? Well, the plan was his friends from detention. (laughs) I think I like this movie more than you guys do. Just because I had no idea where it was going to go. Yeah. 
truly made some jumps that made no sense and just yeah. people were making what they claimed were very logical very like ocean's 11 plans right make no sense yeah and I, I loved it i, I loved it I it kept me dad. guessing till the last little it, minute yeah i was like his dad I the way they I mean, you know how to place it like what are you talking about the way they had set up the relationship between the little sister and keith and their that the fact that they didn't like each other was like you'd think if she went and told him this information he wouldn't believe her like that's what you think is gonna happen right because he'd be like you just are saying that because you're trying to piss me off or something yeah. but no he like believes her and like yeah. even more so and then doubles down and buys earrings but maybe right. i'll just... defend i'll defend the middle sister a little bit in that like i do think that the way that her face drops so okay i think this movie's a little different than um like 16 candles or teen witch in that the way they set up this family is that they poke fun at each other and they give each other a hard time but you can tell that they like there is some truth like, unlike a lot of other John Hughes movies, there's not, like, a lot of gag, you know? There's not, like, like um, weird, you know, like, doing pull-ups on, a, right, on the floor. Right, right. You know, like, those kinds of things. So, it did, I bought that because she was like, hey, I just want to talk to you. Like, like, I totally bought it that he would then listen to her. I did, too, but she got it so wrong. Yeah, she, she messed up, totally. I think she thinks she's telling the truth, but she didn't and even listen. The other thing I love is that... Uh, Oh, um, Keith decides to, you know, double down on his plan, but he also sort of decides to be an asshole throughout the date, which just seems what? like a crazy yeah. thing. Like, if he I, this is where I couldn't get into his head. Like, if he thinks this woman is just luring him into certain beat-upness or death, <laughs> what is he doing to her? He's just, like, pretending? Is he just torturing her before he's like, gotcha? Or I didn't understand I don't, his motivation. Doesn't no, make any sense. There's a lot of, this is, it seems like they edited it wrong. And so I have a couple other questions too, which is like, why did, why are Amanda Jones's friends ignoring her all of a sudden? Why do they have that, that whole either. scene where don't they don't, what, they pretend she's not there and then she's just, just sobbing. And, it's like they miss, they, we like not. I mean, basically I think it's just, they think that. She's going Brady, lower than who she Hardy, is. What, whatever the, the jerk guy is. They think Hardy he Jens. has more so. <laughs> Hardy Jens, it's a made up name. <laughs> he, he has more cl social clout than she does. And so it's, they're cutting her loose because they're not dating anymore. Because she's not dating an abusive asshole. They're terrible friends. I guess they, they Oh, they're the yeah. worst. I also um, have a note that like Eric Stoltz uses some really hard tea where like the, he pronounces things. He has like very soft-spoken, but he's like, I can't give it back because I spent it already. <laughs> I spent it. I spent, I spent it. it. He learned, he learned it. that at Juilliard. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, he's very soft spent good. And, it on my taxes. And he said that he has a pretty good French accent, saying like, he says like two words in French. Oh, I'll try being. Uh, insider, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, okay, so then dad like interrupts Keith's shower and rage rages on him. Yeah. Um, Although, I kind of get it. Like, he spent. Oh, yeah. We think it's what, like $10,000? At first, or? I didn't know why the dad was raging. I thought it was because he hadn't made a choice about college. I was like, that's a little much. Because but... I'm sure the dad oh, threw yeah, in that some of that. There's no, there's no way this kid in the 80s made $10,000 working at a gas sort station. Of a gas station. The dad threw some, some in there. So I'd like to say this is my favorite quote of the whole movie <clears throat> I like art, 
I work at a gas station. My best friend is a tomboy. These things don't fly in an American high school. Yeah. I know. That's just, instead of saying some kind of wonderful, it was like, here's the things that are in the plot of my character, in my character portfolio. I like art. I work at a gas station. I work at a gas station. I work at a gas station. I, I best have friend. red hair. <laughs> That's true. My best friend is a tomboy. A lot of it is he's Scandal. just stoic Acting. and moody his whole life. Like yeah. that's more of the outcast. Okay, so then I definitely don't understand why Watts is a chauffeur and she's wearing like that oh. outfit that Richie wore as the bellhop and teen with. I don't get that strategy either. I mean, she just wants oh, to be there, made- right? Well, they should have so shown, because I don't think they did. They didn't show the scene where she suggested that, right? Yeah, they just talk about it. Yeah. Like, they definitely you know, like, to do this. They said like, yeah, all this morning. <laughs> whose awful idea was this to bring a third person who was obviously in a love triangle with you on this date? I was thinking no about that. Like, how terrible to be shown in art. Like, it's kind of like a romantic little, like, let's go to the art museum. But, like, you know that this girl that you go to high school with is waiting for you in a hearse. Like, it's just so... Yeah. They spent all the time they could have set that up, like showing her getting dressed for so long, like putting on lip gloss for so long. It was just like so many shots of her, like putting on fringe gloves and like putting on lipstick. It just doesn't, I didn't understand what she was getting dressed for. And then I realized she was dressed up like a chauffeur and it didn't make any sense. I also feel like I was looking it up and I guess Mary Stewart Masterson is from Manhattan. It's where she was born anyway. But um, it was interesting that like all the waiters and her playing craps like have these like total New York accents (laughs) and like get into. And then like if you want the if you want the bull, you're going to get the horns. Isn't that from Breakfast Club? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. Um, I do love this little moment where we learn that the jerk from detention has a great relationship with his father, security guard. Yeah. Except for the fact that his dad is 100% getting fired. Because at first I thought they were just breaking into the amphitheater. I was like, okay, you can get away with that. But to break into a museum. Yeah. And the Hollywood yeah. Bowl. Yeah. And then like take yeah. a piece of art down and then like hang up another piece of art. Yeah, is that the Hollywood alarms. Bowl? I thought that's what Annie kept on saying. I thought, I don't know. I don't... So she. That's what yeah. she thought. I, I don't know. But I also kind of had a note about the security guard, too. It's like, why would he, what, in what, what did Elias Cotias um, offer him to make him do this? Because he's like, I better not get fired. This is a terrible idea. It's like, there's such high stakes for him. He doesn't want to do it. Why is he doing it? You know? I think just sticking it to the man, you know? Maybe. That, Maybe. that asshole, it, it's really just to get the girl that used to date this asshole was the only reason. I don't know. When they first opened the door to that art museum, there's like a, one second where like the music turns crazy and Elias Cotius is just there like staring and like, oh, everyone's getting murdered right now. It just looks like <laughs> nuts. It's like, hello? I then- wouldn't have been surprised with this movie <laughs> just because I didn't yeah. know which ways it was going to go. No one knows. Uh, first of all, like, I mean, many times I said like, I don't understand this date like when they were at the restaurant i was like yeah. is this the party that they were talking about inviting them to like i thought it was gonna be at a house party but maybe it's this restaurant party because he was then, he was yeah. at, keith was acting all weird and you know being really aggressive about like the foie gras or you know the caviar and stuff like, like that it made like no sense yeah like he's trying to catch her in a lie i guess and just show her like ironically show her like the best time ever and in this high school or in this movie like lot like throwing money at people is like the only currency 
ironically. Um, But I also was like that too. Like at what point does he still think that she's trying to get him to the party? Like, I don't get it. Like, because he's totally in control. She doesn't seem like she ever has to go to the party. But that was, yeah, that was the plan the whole time was to go there, I guess. Um, Isn't it kind of weird in high school to take people to like fancy restaurants? Also, that party was the fanciest party I've ever seen in my life. Or high school blazers. kids are like dressed up in party, blazers. Yeah. yeah, he did ask him to wear a suit. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, back back to the whole plan of getting into the house. This would have fallen apart instantly. Where uh, Keith would have been like, "Okay, we're gonna go on this date and then go to the party," and she'd have been like, "I don't feel like doing that." And he'd been like, "I guess she's not setting me up because she doesn't want to go." And then yeah, right, confusion over. I also wrote down the line when they're in that art museum where he's like. This place is my church. I can come here no matter what anybody says about me. It doesn't matter. It's like, well, that's not church. <laughs> that's, that's actually the opposite of church. <laughs> uh, Especially church in the 80s. Yeah, uh, totally. Also, just generally, this date would be so off-putting if, like, I was on it and someone was doing all of these things for me. I mean, this is the weirdest thing creepy. in the world. I want to get out of here it would be weird it would it would seem like it's escalating like to getting your head chopped off like when he gives you yeah. those earrings first i have a note like i would have no idea how much those earrings cost i would have no idea how to react and like did you win these at like the flickers like claw machine i don't know or hey, did you buy them yeah. at a jeweler's but like it's just way too much and then oh, he's like so you much. should never have to borrow anything from any but it's just like like what are we putting value on this I is know, so it makes weird. no sense it makes no sense that he gives those to her. I mean, that he's, I, again, that he spent all the money on. There's something about the diamond earring, again, I think from the 80s. It's like in the Breakfast Club, like Molly Ringwald has diamond earrings and she gives one to Judd Nelson at the end and he puts oh, yeah. it in his ear. Yeah. And like, that's just like a sign of like some sort of like 80s love. <laughs> like, I mean, I it seems to me that like John Hughes, did John Hughes grow up on the wrong side of the tracks? Is that why like that's such a huge thing? And then- I feel like he must have had some kind of money awareness and he must have had a hardcore crush on someone that didn't like him back. Cause I'm sure that's just such a theme in all of his. Well, we'll never know. Yeah. So yeah, we, I guess. Uh, I was just looking at his Wikipedia page. He uh, was born in Lansing, Michigan, and he was the only boy of three. He had three sisters. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. We eventually moved move to the party yeah fancy party fancy party and then instantly it does get to the chase they're... pretty quick <laughs> yeah. yeah they ran out of time or money or something they were like just get them get them there it yeah. is the opposite of can't hardly wait where can't hardly wait is almost entirely at that party and yeah. then this is like well a glimpse um and then yeah hardy Hardy says the line, I'm just glad that you're going to get her used. Like, what an ass. Like, do people articulate those ideas? Like, he did. And what kind of, like, trove of people are just following him around? Right. It's so crazy. How, how does this impress anyone? It's I would gross. Just be, it would be so off-putting. Yeah. Like, in this situation, if I was Keith, I would just be like, you're an awful person. We're leaving. And Absolutely. Why over. Yeah, why try to stay at this party? I mean, I guess then he, like, gets beat up, or he's going to get beat up. And then he's, like, so cool that he won't beat him up. He's, like, the host. It's, like, really weird. Oh, like, how... Yeah, that's very weird. Yeah, and then um, the detention, the detention posse comes in, which is fun. I mean, like, I guess that was like okay. So he planned that. 
really big night for Elias Kotias because he had to let him in the art museum and then like know, get in his Batmobile, yeah, and come to this party, round up all his friends. He had um, a big role in that whole experience. Totally, but he looked like a guy that would be like up for whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's like, he what are you doing this weekend? No Absolutely nothing. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Um, I like the Shane, the friend flirting with like the guy that kind of looks like Seth Rogen thing. <laughs> the roadie for uh, oh, yeah. Slayer. The yeah, guy's totally. eyes were dead. He had dead yeah. eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shark eyes, but yeah, like good old shark eyebrows. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> or I guess he was wearing sunglasses, wasn't he? He's wearing yeah, sunglasses. No, he I takes them off. He takes the sunglasses off. His eyes are like gives her this like eyebrow lift but um, he's just yeah just completely a roadie for some second yeah. tier metal band i loved it yeah and then uh, they get out of there well and, and then, then there's the the, the slap and then we oh, have the yeah. double take jaw drop that's yeah <laughs> that is when i was reminded it was a john um not that like the plot and stuff didn't but that's like the only like pseudo gag you know what i mean where they yeah. jaw drop look at right. each other very like slapsticky yeah um, and then they cross the threshold of the door and Eric Stoltz falls in love with Mary Stuart Masterson. <laughs> yeah. Coming out of, out of that, he suddenly realized that it was the chauffeur the whole time. The uh, boy. <laughs> that suddenly he realized that she might like him somehow. And if only she had given some If only signs. she just told him in some way. Um, and so he gives her a pair of earrings, which is kind of weird because like, that's not really her style. And no. she somehow started the night. They make a big deal showing she's taking her earrings out, um, which are like a little more, you know, hip, I guess her like mm. punk rock earrings. Um, but, and then, yeah, it's almost like he's changing her or... I'm not sure. It's kind of just like a really bummer ending. And she's just crying. She's like ugly crying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and I get that feeling of like, so, like, you know, like a friend or a best friend that like, I get the unrequited love, like total heartache. Sure, But sure. I also don't think I sense much chemistry between the two of them at all. So like, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah it won't work. No. no. I mean, I kind of just assumed she was a lesbian and like, he's just a really good friend and, and then she'll figure that out. Yeah. And then he's, and he's like kind of dull. So I don't no, know how much fun dull. he's going to be like, have anyway. He's going to be like, don't you want to grow your hair out? And she's going to be like, I can't. I have racquetball again today. I got to go to the gym. <laughs> and then she's like in the locker room at the gym. Yeah. Right, right, right. Looking away. Breaking the song. Yeah. Breaking the song. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. It, the Once ending again, I mean, seemed really abrupt. Like, whoop. Yeah. They ran out of time. <laughs> I, I have a love hate with this because I, I definitely don't buy it. But at the end of the movie, before all this went down, it's like, I have no idea where they're going to go in this movie because mm-hmm. they've shown signs for all sorts of directions where it could go. Yep. None of them are really like viable. Like if he had ended up with Leah Thompson and it had been like so romantic, yeah. that would have felt super weird as yeah. well. They didn't, they didn't have a ton of chemistry either. So like that no. choice, I think it makes sense. But it's, yeah, it's just, I mean, I just liked not knowing where it was gonna go, but none of it made. <laughs> I will say that I recently watched Can't Hardly Wait with Annie and that movie, I kind of expected it. I don't know if you remember it, Bridget, or oh, if you've oh, seen yeah. it, Phil. Yeah, but like I was expecting the two best friends to kind of. I was. Ex- I thought that had like a little bit of an unrequited love thing on the girl's side, who's Lauren Ambrose from Ambrose from Six Feet Under. But 
but it doesn't at all. And actually in watching it, I remember thinking like, oh, I think I just think this because of some kind of wonderful, because that's like such the, because they nail it so hard, the whole movie yeah. that she's got this like killer crush on him. Right. I only remember Seth Green in those freaking yeah. goggles, goggles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. from that movie. That That's all I remember from it. I love that movie. I had such a crush on that guy, that one, the Ethan, the Ethan Embry. Embry. <laughs> so nerdy, cute. He's a weirdo. I actually <sighs> thought that maybe he, he maybe based his vibe on Eric Soltz a little bit. Yeah. But again, I just, Eric Soltz was lukewarm water for me. I didn't quite, didn't quite see it. He's a little brooding. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, After, I do... mean, I think, I was just going to say, I think that, um, oh, crap. I'm looking for his name. Uh, he has the Leah sister. Thompson. He was in the movie last, last week. Ugh. John Cusack. John Cusack is so like he's a little brooding at times too, but he's like charming, mm. and so it like works. He's got, definitely funny. There's this edge. There's this funny edge to John Cusack's brooding yeah. that I think uh, Eric Stoltz just doesn't have. Right. It's he's a little like too calm. <laughs> yeah, calm and friend, friendly, and it just yeah he, he can be is. a random guy in my entourage or whatever. He, he also kind of had like a perma smirk almost the entire movie. I like perma smirk. It's a good yeah. name for toothpaste. Perma smirk. Yeah. Perma smirk. So should we go into our HBDs? Let's do it. Yeah. Hummers, bummers, and tummers. I had one question from Annie ICU. Oh, I've, I've got one question as well. So we'll oh. do those first. Okay. Sure. Up to you. Sure. Sure. Go for it. Well, Annie's question is, that's a fiat that they're driving in the movie, which is awesome. That's a question. I, I also, my comment to her was that's not a question. And yeah. also it's not a Fiat. It's, I think it's, we looked it up it, and we thought it was a mini. It's a dilapidated mini, but it's the one as. that he's driving, right? This it's like the crazy. It's her car. Oh, it's Watts' fi- car. And then they fix Watts it up. Car. Right? Don't they like, Barely. It looks grease lightning for the date somehow. <laughs> no, that's a completely oh, that's that a different the, car. That was the car that he had. I think that might have been a Mercedes or something. The shop? They mentioned oh, that really? Was, I thought it was, it was some the random same car. car. No, oh, no, it's that's a, a totally car different. They, in the shop. Oh. they just yeah. borrowed, borrowed a car. Okay. Yeah. Well, Annie, I see you. Question answered. <laughs> Touche. The ball is now in your court. We'll see you next week. <laughs> uh, so Nora L's question is, um, they have a threesome in the sequel, right? Basically, like, <laughs> all three love triangle people, like, that was the only reason to have the chauffeur and all to that. To have they're, Watts there? Gonna be, yeah, they're well, going to have a threesome eventually. I, I will um, piggyback on that, Nora L, and say that I thought there was chemistry between Leah Thompson and Watts. When like she slams on the brake for her to mix mess up her lips, yeah, and then look. you see a, a close up of her like high heel kicking her seat, and like Watts is like, "Ooh, touche!" You know <laughs> what I mean? I'm like, "Okay, this is maybe has some potential." I'd like I this, the threesome spinoff to be um, the the jerk from detention, Hardy Jens, and the best friend Shane from is that her name? That should be. Yeah. Let them have a little moment. Let's see what happens there. Okay. Yeah. I bet all of them it's, would be up for that. <laughs> it could have happened at the end of that party. That's for so sure. Actually, um, that's very true. It could have. That's in the the third movie, then, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. But yeah, I would say but between the three main characters, I think there's enough chemistry 
for a two-person relationship, maybe. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. All right, HBDs, Hummers, Bummers, Dummers. Start with Bummers. Yeah, All right. I have a bummer. Okay. That whole that whole kissing scene bummed me out big time. The the Watts, I want to kiss you, Keith scene. Like, why don't we practice kissing? That way you'll yeah. know if you are a kisser and you can kiss. And then it's just like, super awkward and uncomfortable and she's like put your hand here on my hip and like i guess i'm just bummed out because it's like she's trying so hard and he's so clueless and she's just getting her feelings hurt and it's awkward oh bummed me out big time yeah and then yeah. he like gets it but it's almost like an animalistic get like his brain didn't get it i think it just his being a teenager boy got yeah. it yeah Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, he had to tape his boxers that. closed, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, I wouldn't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, my my dumber is not going to be as important as Wait, is it this. Bummers or, or dumbers? My, my bummer. My bummer okay. is going to be uh, less important. Um, this is just one of my pet peeves. Right when he, uh, Keith, starts the date, he goes up to the door, he rings the doorbell, and he knocks. And that's just such such a jerk move. And my, it's like, I, I hate that. It just it bums me out what a jerk move that is. It's like, give the doorbell some time to like mellow and do its job. It's like, you don't need to like immediately follow it up with a knocking on the door. Uh, yeah. That's funny. Uh, my, my bummer is maybe a little bit of a question bummer where... I don't know if John Hughes, like, I mean, I guess he writes all the dialogue. I guess what I don't know is, like, um, even though I do enjoy The Middle Sister, she's got some lines in there that are, like, so specifically 80 movies of, like, I'm just hanging with you guys to cool you out, like, but I don't need to hang with you fun guy anymore. I'm going to go over to these, like, Supremes. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> do people talk like that? Like, I think they don't. And it's always, like, a bummer to me where I hear, like, a middle-aged man trying to, like, write for teenage girls. Yeah. And then those teenage girls have to say those lines and try to sell them. And then, like, sell them to other teenage girls that are watching this movie being like, should I start calling people fun guy? I don't... Anyway, so that's It's definitely that's like bummer. Steve Buscemi in 30 Rock where he was being, like, an undercover <laughs> high school student. And it just... Yeah, I... It is yeah, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Oh, There's just a little quote about that from, from John Hughes's Wikipedia where he says, I grew up in a neighborhood that was mostly girls and old people. There weren't any boys my age, so I spent a lot of time by myself imagining things. Hmm. So I think that's what he did was he just like imagined what girls and old people about. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. I'll take her. All right. All right. Dummers? Dummers. Dummers. Uh, my dummer is is just hardy gens. I mean, mm. And, and specifically that scene at the mall where the, the middle sister like thinks that like being ignored and possibly harassed by those like asshole men is like the epitome of like making it in the world, you yeah, know? know, like, so she goes and like sits behind them. Oh, I just hate the whole thing. Like it does, it's dumb. And, and like these, these men in these movies, they're just like so bad. Like, yeah. How do they, ugh, they're just gross. They're gross people. Agreed. Um, my dumber is also Hardy Jen's, but like specifically when he's cheating on Amanda Jones in the hallway of their high school. Yeah. 
Like he starts kissing this girl. And then his excuse is, well, she's a friend of my sister's and her brother was just in a car accident. So I guess like he had to make out with her. It's like so crazy. The idea of cheating in the place, the only place you can date is nuts. It's so crazy. It actually works though. Cause he's like, this would be the dumbest thing for me to, to have done to like make out with her in the one place I know you're coming to. So I, I don't know. Like, I agree, it's it's dumb for a normal person to do, but like an evil genius. You think it's, it's just like symbolic of how like crazy, like just like I think sociopathic how, he is. How sociopathic, how confident he is in his gaslighting abilities. Yeah, that's true. I, I honestly he think that's what it is. Yeah, I have gaslighting written like three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I've gone back and forth on my dumber a couple of times. I'm... I'm just gonna say that it's it's the end. Well, no, I'm I'm gonna I'm flipping right back. It's the detention idea. He just did no research and didn't even know that it's like gender segregated detention, yeah. which I assume it was. Even well, though no, she ends up talking, she there, says something like, "I would have felt gets really out of weird." It. Yeah, but she says, "I would have felt really weird in there with all those guys." So I think that oh, was okay. where she was supposed to go. I think they but, should have had at least like one girl. I mean, yeah, it would gender be, equality be in movies, but like, yeah, yeah, I know. Why it not? Kind of weird. Is there not a way that girls were causing trouble and getting in detention? That no, didn't make any of course sense. Not. So it's dumb. So I'm glad I changed <laughs> to that one. Well, I know you know my Hummer. I said it at the beginning, and I'm standing by it. It's Candace Cameron Burr, uh, formerly Burr. Candace Cameron, <laughs> who uh, this is probably right before she got in Full House. Um, yeah, yeah, it probably is. And she's she's a better actor than most people in this movie. I, I would say. agree. Yeah. So she is my She's good. She's she is my it. Hummer. Um I well I'm not going to make this my Hummer but I will say I really liked the Irish like cover of um Can't Help Falling yeah. in Love with You at the end. I will say I immediately played it on the ukulele fast um which is it's just like a really cool cover. So I like how it ended. Um I kind of fully expected cuz he says it ends by him saying like uh, he she asks how the earrings look on her. Watts says, and he, he says, says, "You look you're good." Some kind of wonderful. Well, you look. I know. He says, <laughs> "You look good wearing my future," and I expected him to say some oh. kind of wonderful because yeah. Um, but I think my Hummer is specifically when Watts gets out of the car as the chauffeur and like goes super close to Leo Thompson's face and says break his heart and I'll break your face. And then Leah Thompson plays it like very real. Like, what the fuck did you just say? (laughs) She just keeps on looking back like, wait, what? Like, where are we going? What's happening? I'm sorry, what did I step into? And I love it. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Cause that's Looney Tunes. And the whole idea that she's on this date is crazy. I guess that's part of why she knows that she likes him. Anyway, I really found that very, very hilarious. Uh, My Hummer is going to be Elias Cotius, the, yeah. the skinhead, whatever his real name was. Duncan. I mean, it, Duncan, it just started off like, oh, I'm going to hate this guy. Totally. He, like, says the F word. He's going to be just the bully of the show. And then it jujitsu flips it around. He ends up being this lovable guy with a ragtag yeah. and the mis- misfits around it. I looked it up. He ended up, I guess, uh, ad-libbing most, if not all, of his line and just just winged it and he's yeah he just had a cool energy about it and he the actor actually 
does that in most of his roles, even though he's been in some very uh, lukewarm movies, if, if I'll steal Bridget's <laughs> phrase. Yeah. Uh, but he always just brings this weird energy to it. Yeah. And I, yeah. I dug it in this movie. Hmm. Yeah, he's cool. All right. So uh, let's talk about our outfits before we get into right. whether it's for real. Um, see, Philip, I've been admiring your outfit all day. Um, I like that it, it, it's a um, chauffeur outfit. Yeah. But, uh-huh. but what most people can't see that I can see is that you have these like exaggerated diamond stud earrings. Did you get your ear spears? I did. I did. For this that's, for this podcast. That's very I didn't cool. realize it wasn't filmed. <laughs> yeah. Well I'll I'll let everybody know. Those diamond earrings, you must have spent a fortune. You're you know, you've got a lot going on in, yeah, you've got a lot going on in your life right now. I don't know if spending money on diamond earrings is smart, but <laughs> it's a nice outfit. You look sharp. Good job with the diamond. Thanks. Um I can talk about Bridget's outfit. And I'm talking about your outfit in conjunction with your commitment to doing this podcast from an airport runway, yeah, <laughs> which is incredible yeah, that you've maintained you. focus and you just have that sign up saying art school or bus. Yeah. And I love it. And I hope you catch, you catch a flight. Thank you. Art school. I've had to mute a lot because the planes are coming, yeah. coming through. Yeah. I appreciate when you mute and I appreciate when you don't. It's been great. <laughs> And Katie, I admire that you you pulled a Keith in this, in that you heard that this was going to be a, a dressy version of our podcast. We wanted yeah. to dress up. I mean, I wore my earrings, and mm-hmm. of course, you bother you borrowed your father's blazer yep. to throw over um, just a random work shirt that you some for some reason buttoned all the way to the top. Top button. And yeah, top button blazer's way too long for you because yep. your dad's a tall man. Yeah, and um, just the the incongruousness of it really makes it it look great it looks there, it looks great <laughs> there ain't no party like a blazer party a yeah, blazer party like your that. your your dad's <laughs> unfitting blazer party yep matching yeah. blazer and pants <laughs> so well done you look nice kitty all right thank you now now's the time where we decide if it is for real or not uh i mean I'll go. I um I might feel differently than my movie watching mate, but I do think this movie's for real. Like I it's what I expected it to be. It's not fast moving. Um, but I think if I'm gonna evaluate it on like I think that it still accomplishes today like what they set out to accomplish. Um it's almost hyper real at sometimes. I'm like, oh, like this is moving at the pace that like real life would move. Um, so yeah, I think it's for real. Oh, mm-hmm. Philip. Okay, um, I am going to say also that it is for real. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was. I was very surprised. Like early on in this movie, I don't think I would have said that. I, I think I even jotted down that John Hughes should just be a music curator and not in charge of movies. And, but it it won me over in the fact that I really didn't know where it was going. It had some moments of true, like, emotion that I could believe. It had so many moments of, like, oh, this makes no sense and I don't buy any of this. Uh, what I'm, why I'm, I think, saying it is for real is I think it's, like, the first quirky rom-com where it really sort of bucks traditional ways that you think it's going to go, even if it is clunky. Like with the 
the curveball at the end with him going with the different girl and just Leah Thompson being like, I'm going to find myself. It just, yeah, it gave it this like quirkiness that wasn't too goofball that I thought sort of worked. I mean, it's got a bunch of problems, but I think it's for real. Wow, you too. I know. <laughs> now for a different take. Give it, <laughs> just give it to, to just us. To dissent. Give it I'm going to gonna say this movie's not for real. Yeah. I'm sorry, like Jessica. It. Um, I hope you'll forgive me. It's, it's, there's, I think this is why. It's because there's too many gaps, like large yeah. canyon-sized gaps that, uh, that, yeah. I, that are making the plot a little hard to follow. And then you add the lukewarm water on top of it and it's hard to cling on to. I, I was not a fan of any of these characters, except for maybe the jerk from detention who, you know, I gotta. I don't know if I can forgive him for things he said, but maybe he didn't. He didn't mm. know, but I don't know. But yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's for real. So, Fair take. Not. Yeah, and and I also don't know if I'm judging this on a scale because I was like, oh gosh, is, is this gonna be another sixteen candles? Like, and I, I'm yeah. not ready for. It. So it could have been sort of like the curveball of the the punk guy just really lowering the bar and then jumping high over it. I don't know. But I think in this movie, unlike 16 Candles, like the people that are bad guys, the people that are bad are supposed to be bad guys. Even when Elias Kothias says that stuff, he's supposed to be a bad guy. He's supposed to be like a jerk. And then he changes and then he doesn't act like that anymore. And the only incongruous part I find is when Eric Stoltz walks towards a train like a maniac, uh, <laughs> unconcerned about a driver passing whatever is going to happen to that whole town because he causes a train accident. Like, that is a good guy acting bad. But otherwise, they're pretty much like, you know, like in sync with how we're supposed to feel about the characters. That was a problem with 16 Candles is like, Jake Ryan's supposed to be this hero and you're like, this guy is an abuser. Now. But I almost like that yeah. one more because it's more absurd. It just leans... It's definitely Further. like more gag, but there's more humor in that for sure. Like this yeah. movie wasn't that funny. Like there wasn't a lot of- The description no. on Amazon Prime makes it seem like it's gonna be a wild, funny romp. And it I wonder not. part of that is because John Hughes wrote it, but he didn't direct it. So there's mm. not those like, <laughs> like uh, just <laughs> Clanging you know, crazy sound everywhere. effects all Like there's not a, like a shot of it. like boobs bouncing around like boing. Um, although this Annie was did officially PG thirteen. Oh, interesting. Annie did note that like when the sister screams like a maniac when the father yeah. is at the high school, that yeah. she's like, that's in almost like every John TV. This right. is like crazy. Um, the sister almost looks a little like Molly Ringwald, actually, now that I think about it. Oh, and then just fact, uh, Molly Ringwald was offered the main Leah Thompson's role and she turned it down. And then John Hughes refused to work with her ever again. Whoa. Yeah, I've, I've heard things about their relationship being totally weird. Um, and then fun fact too is Leah Thompson, who then took the role, is married to the director. Still married, you know? Yeah. They Were met. they married when they, when they made the movie? They met at the, shortly during after. the movie. Wow. Yeah. So, you know. Well. And she really did take this role to make up to resurrect her career after Howard the Duck, which I have seen so many times and secretly loved as a kid. We weren't allowed to a, watch it. It's a I pile of shit. I don't think I've shit. ever seen it. Maybe I've seen it uh, once. It's kind of like rough. I, I don't know. Right? Yeah, it's it's super rough. I may make y'all watch it for this, but I don't know. <laughs> Give it's, me some time. It, oh, it, it, will, it will not be for real. I 
guarantee it. So yeah. Well, if yeah. you know, then maybe we shouldn't watch it. No, I feel like I, it I, was. I agree with you, Bridget. I agree. Yeah. It was one of those movies that, like, it had a like a Muppet Duck in it, so we wanted to watch it so bad. And my parents like knew that it was nefarious, and like they had to work extra hard to be like, no, it was like the one episode of Sesame Street or something. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, we'll have our play out song. You guys nice. ready? I am ready. I'm excited. I don't know what it's going to be. Just like this movie. <laughs> no matches. She's so kind of wonderful. She's so kind of wonderful. Yeah, she is. She's so kind of wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that the song? No. Yeah. Is that song, is that why the movie's called that? I don't know. This song is some kind of wonderful is what it's called. It's by Grand Funk Railroad. And I know this song and I assumed it would be in the movie. But then when it wasn't, I was disappointed. But is when was that song written? Uh, before the movie, I think. I think John Hughes thing is he also like names his movie after songs, I think. 1975. I like the breakfast at Tiffany's Club. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Jessica H., for that. Yes, thank you. Suggestion, and we and look remember, forward su- to suggest more, more suggestions. Things. More suggestions. Because <laughs> so we'll we... have to discuss what's up for next week. Yep. Uh, All righty. All right. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye now. See you next time. Bye. Toodles.